Hey everyone, good morning, good morning. It's Diana Prince and it's Pin Up Talk. Let's see. Almost 3 a.m. <coughs> Excuse me. Fans going, of course. And I'm not adding any music to this, so sorry about the all the the noise in the background here. So, you know, I really you guys I've been so stressed out this month. <laughs> this month has been extremely stressful for me and like it's affecting my health I'm really not happy about that I'm trying to decide you know what I can do you know I'm trying to zero in and focus concentrate on what is really causing me the most stress and just figure out a way to eliminate those things because it's just not worth it. It really isn't. I I already do not have like the best health in the world. So I really got to start taking care of myself because it's, it's a mental thing. It's things that are plaguing me and bothering me. And frankly, you know, just people, certain people. And I... I'm just taking a a scale. I'm weighing, outweighing, you know, is it really worth it? Is it really worth the stress? And it wouldn't make me feel better to know that the people who cause me the most stress are actually stressed out too. I I find no comfort (laughs) and no joy in something like that. It doesn't make me feel better, but it, it certainly isn't a pleasant thought to think about the position that people have put me in business-wise. And this has been for years, but just different people um, to put me in such a bad position, kind of back me up into a corner. And I feel like I'm up the creek without a paddle. And it's frustrating because then I look over at them and they're not stressed out. (laughs) They're not affected somehow. Um... I don't know, everything can be a matter of perspective, but there's just certain things that are never going to be okay. I can never make my mind feel like they're okay. Anyways, I I really don't want to talk about that because I haven't just come to grips with what I really need to do. And like I said, I'm just, I'm outweighing everything, my options and all of the plans that I've had and all of the things that I have to rearrange it's just it's extremely stressful and I'm really just not on track as far as what to do I have to I have to just weigh things out and really really just ask myself if it's worth it because you know I don't have to work with anyone there's so many things in business that I don't have to do so anyways um I was trying to think of a topic today because there's always so many, but it comes down to what I'm inspired. And sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night, as I just did, and go on Facebook and go on Instagram and kind of look around. And sometimes I get motivated to cover a topic because it was, you know, something someone else posted about or an advertisement or something like that. So I want to talk about Fashion Nova. 
Fashion Nova, my goodness. I, I read an article. I probably should have just reread it just before this podcast, but again, I wasn't really planning on doing this topic at this very moment, but I knew that I would eventually. But Fashion Nova, they have become a multi billion, billion, million dollar business. Um, and they were created basically online. This was not a company that was around before the internet. And, um, you know, it's become extremely popular and mainstream. And the number one reason is because of the celebrities. The celebrities, Instagram, really, and the celebrities that continue to endorse and to buy their items. Um, then there's a million other reasons, which is like, it's, it's inexpensive and they definitely copy a lot of the designer brands and what I see trending with them is whatever's trending with some of the most popular stars of today. So if someone like Kim Kardashian, for example, wears an outfit by like Versace, for an example, or Louis Vuitton, um, they immediately make a copy of it and it's going to trend and it's going to become popular because the average person, whether they like her or not, they really like the fashion or the style of that particular outfit and they cannot afford to buy Versace and that's really what it comes down to. Um, and it, it's like, but everybody, you know, and then there are people who do love Kim Kardashian and want to look like her specifically. So anything she wears, anything she does, they want it. And again, they cannot afford to pay those type of prices. So, you know, it's no secret that that's what Fashion Nova does. And, you know, when you go on their website, you're going to see the what the latest things are of today, the latest fashions. It's just really inexpensive the material is not expensive and that's really what prices come down to um it's just not it's not just a label it comes down to the material I have been modeling as an example for LA Kiss Boutique over 15 years well over 15 years and I literally have at least probably two things from way back when you know, well over 10 years old. I probably have some things that are 15 years old. And the material is so fabulous. And it was made to be washed and worn over and over again. And a lot of the clothes is exotic. They are, they are exotic wear. And um, a lot of it is meant for dancers and for strippers. So they the material is made to, to be moved around in a lot, not just to sit in um, and to be worn over and over and over again. So regardless to the labels, it is more so the material. The material is just really excellent with certain companies like LA Kiss Boutique. And so therefore, therefore their, their prices are going to reflect on that. So it's not necessarily that someone's wearing it that's popular 
or that it's the most popular thing. Usually when things like that happen, you're, you're going to get it in something more inexpensive because of the fact that so there's such a high demand for it. They're making it in bulk, you know, but, um, it's the material, you know, the higher the quality of the material, the more something is going to cost you. And then of course, labels, you know, and Fashion Nova has become a label. They've become a designer label, if you will. And again, their popularity is because of the celebrities of today that continue to buy their stuff. And then the fact that it is inexpensive to buy. And, you know, so many people want to wear these looks. But like I said, the average person, I'm one of them, cannot afford Versace outfits. Even if I could afford one, that would probably be the one that I could get for like all 40 years of my life. I'm never going to, you know, be able to, I, I would say never going to be able to afford something like that because my sights aren't set on having that kind of money. Of course I'd love it. But anyways, cause I love clothes. Um, but yeah, so, you know, Fashion Nova has become really popular and I just saw an ad uh, an advertisement. And then I immediately read the comments because I really do like to hear what, you know, the average person and the average consumer is saying, because I'm a consumer, I'm an avid consumer, um, of fashion and I'm really not into modern stuff that much. Um, I can take something from Fashion Nova and totally make it look like a pinup outfit or a vintage outfit. And then there are certain outfits that I, I want it to stay modern. I don't, I don't want it to turn into something else, but I've had one outfit from Fashion Nova that I turned into a 1980s outfit. I had another outfit from Fashion Nova that I turned into like a 1970s style look. Um, and I had another outfit from Fashion Nova that I wore my natural hair. Um, it was semi curly. It was more like, like kind of like an Afro and I had straight bangs. I used my Betty page from classy rebel, my Betty page bangs. Um, so there's so many things that you can do. And again, it's, it's really what it's the prices. But most of the complaints, except for a few of them, most of the comments that were basically negative, um, people were saying things about their return policy. Well, you know, and about their sizing. Well, you have to read. That's the bottom line. You can't blame it on the company. I mean, every post that was negative had something to do with customer service saying that Fashion Nova has horrible customer service. And then there's people who said that they never experienced that. There's people who said that their their outfits didn't fit. Um, they only got store credit when they needed to return something. And it's like, but this is their in their policy. So I don't understand how that's horrible customer service when they have their policy and their guidelines and their rules so to speak. And they're there and people just aren't reading them. I mean, how is that horrible customer service if you expected something, but yet it's right there in their policy that that's not going to happen. 
So if you were to take away all of those comments, there really wasn't much left to say. I mean, people were saying that the material's cheap. I think that it depends on the exact garment that you're getting. The little outfit that I used was like like a, a romper, um, but it was a little bit above casual. It wasn't just a lounge in the house. Well, it depends on who you are, but... It wasn't just a cotton lounge in the house kind of, you know, run errands and romper. It was, it was kind of flashy, not flashy, but fashionable flowers all over. Um, I, the material I will admit was pretty thin on it, but I, I can't envision having a romper, which is a shorts and a top connected into one outfit. I can't imagine having that be heavy material, but it was really inexpensive. I had fun creating, um, the looks that I did. And as far as the sizing, everything, knock on wood has fit me thus far. I read the size charts. You should always read the size charts. I don't think it's poor customer service. If something doesn't fit you, um, because you didn't read the size charts. I don't think it's poor customer service that you're only going to get in-store credit um, because of the fact that it says it on, you know, in their policy. So I, I was about to say something about the 80s outfit. Hopefully I'll be able to remember. Um, but anyways, I just, you know, when you, when you eliminate all of those things, it's like, okay, well, the material's kind of not expensive. Well, look at the prices that you're paying. I mean, for goodness sakes, if you, if you shop Fashion Nova after the first time, you automatically get a discount. And this is on stuff that's on sale. And if you sign up to receive text messages from them, um, I know a lot of people were saying they couldn't, they didn't know where their orders were and things. Well, if you sign up for text messages, you're going to know exactly what's going on with your order. And you also get an additional, like, I think 20% off if you agree to have them text you. I have no problem with that. So it's like every single time that I've bought something, I've either saw that they had free two-day shipping or that, like right now, their Halloween costumes are 30% off. Um, if you want to give a link to someone, then people can shop and get 30% off um, using a code that you'll get after your first order. And there's just so many. It goes on and on. Every single time I've bought something, it was never not on sale. And I never paid full price for it. Um, because it was on sale, but also because of that 20% off. There were times that something was so inexpensive, then I got an additional 20, 25% off and it came with two free day shipping. So, you know, obviously I have no complaints because like I said, I read the size charts and I also did not read their return policy and something was shipped to me incorrectly. Again, it was my fault because I did not have our apartment number there, which I did, but something happened in the system 
where it wasn't there. Believe me, I got that fixed right away. And I didn't need anybody to fix it. I just figured out what I did wrong. I don't know how, but I I did. But I mean, how I did it wrong, but I figured out what I did and, and I fixed it in every single order. So they credited me and they sent my gift card um, as soon as I messaged them about, you know, I didn't get the item and, you know, can I have a refund or whatever? And they were like, well, you know, we can give you in-store credit. So that's exactly what they did. And basically they took a loss because I don't know what what even happened to the item. I don't know if it was delivered somewhere else or what, but I just know that they know I didn't get it and that I fixed all the information. I've never had any issues since then. And, um, but all I'm saying is how much do you want, you know, when you're buying an outfit that costs $10 for an entire outfit? I mean, unless it's something that's secondhand, um, that was, you know, a big time label and really high quality material and you just happen to be getting it really cheap. You're, it's the material. It's not always the label. It is the material. But see, when you talk about labels and you talk about, um, designer labels high-end such as like Gucci and, and Mac products and you know things like that um the material is always of the highest quality that's how those companies have established their brand Saint Laurent um Chanel Gucci you know whatever Versace they built their brand from way, way before the internet ever existed. And their brand was built on quality material. So that's number, that's number one, why everything has to be expensive. Like I said, when I look at LA Kiss Boutique, they don't have like, it's not Gucci, Versace, whatever, but the prices are not really, really inexpensive. And the number one reason is because of the material. And then of course, you know, you Mark Jacobs, Gucci, whatever, once you slap that label on there, you know that you're going to get high quality, but yes, it's the label as well. But the whole thing is, what is the label? What is the designer? Well, they're built off of their brand and that usually means high quality material, period. Um, you know, you buy something from the 99 cent store, how long do you think it's going to last? You know, you buy something that costs, you know, five times as much or, or instead of it costing a dollar, you went somewhere and got a name brand and it cost you $10. Well, that's 10 times as much. Well, because of the material, it's expected to last longer. You expect it to last longer. Um, and what were the other people? Oh, and people were saying that, you know, fashion, which it didn't take me that long to figure this out that Fashion Nova doesn't make any of their stuff, that they get everything from manufacturers. Yes, that is true. And that's another reason why everything is inexpensive. You could take the same item and if they had to make it on their own and add their own label to each and every single thing, they would probably have less things. They would have less of a variety. Um, they might have less sizes. And uh, the prices would most likely go up. So what they're doing is extremely smart, um, obviously, because it's working. 
But um, as far as everything being cheap, it's like, okay, but you paid $6 for that outfit. I mean, what, you know, it's just like telling me that the sky was blue yesterday and the sky is going to be blue tomorrow. Well, we know that. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's always been blue. Um, so it's kind of like that when I think about stating the obvious is, is what people are doing. But yes, I've even said it, you know, some of their jewelry is really what I consider cheap on the very low end. Does it look fabulous in pictures? Yes, it does. Um, for women that don't buy something and plan on wearing it every single day, uh, for women that buy something and don't plan on wearing it multiple times over the next couple years, um, to me, Fashion Nova is perfect because number one, most of their stuff is trendy. So it's not necessarily going to be trendy next year, you know. Um, it's And when I talk about outfit outfits, there are women that shop that have nothing to do with modeling or do, and they don't like repeating outfits often. So therefore, unless you have all the money in the world, you're obviously going to be on some sort of budget, some sort of budget. And to buy stuff often because you're not going to be wearing one thing over and over again. Obviously you don't want to pay an arm and a leg for it because you're going to be wearing it once or twice maybe. So I do. And it, like I said, it didn't take me very long to realize that because you, you look at the label and nothing says fashion Nova on it. Nothing that I've gotten. I, I've, I could be mistaken because I've, I have ordered like three outfits. I mean, that I've gotten in, I've ordered more since then. Um, and the jewelry and nothing actually says fashion Nova on it except for their packaging. And, you know, like you can get a really cheap necklace set, like a necklace and earrings. When you look at the price, I mean, that should just automatically tell you that it's not going to be, Oh my goodness, this is the highest quality this is real gold. This is real silver. But does it look good? Yes. And that is what fashion is all about. And for a lot of people who are in to modeling, um, it's about things looking fabulous on camera. It's about them attending events often and wanting to wear something different every single time. And so, yeah, you look at them. It doesn't take a genius to figure out that they're just putting things in their Fashion Nova package. But the bot I said bottom line, gosh, I, I say that too often. Um, everybody's getting what they're getting from manufacturers. Um, you know, at LA Kiss Boutique, I believe there's, when you get custom orders, the owner, and I think she has maybe one or two seamstress on staff, they're making things, um, you know, individual things. Like, there's probably been about four outfits sent to me. Usually it's once a year, and it's for Viva, or it's for some big event, because I don't attend that many events. So once a year, they send me something that's custom-made for me. And it's just one thing, and they're making it. And they're making it from high-quality, very high-quality material that they picked out. And she has certain patterns already that she's used and successfully made stuff from those patterns but as far as everything else that 
everything that's not custom made and the corsets and the things like that, they're all from manufacturers from somewhere. You know, she's not making those corsets and the high heels and the Halloween costumes and the majority of the outfits, or at least lots of the outfits, a good portion, um, are being shipped in from somewhere else. Uh, I, um, I do know that she does make things in bulk orders, and that's basically what her company has become. Um, companies that have boutiques buy in bulk from her. But that just shows you right there that that's, it's, it's common. That's what's going on. Even if someone were to take something and just start slapping their labels over it, uh, someone else still actually made those products, actually made those garments. Um, Atomic Jane Clothing, I'm currently modeling for them and have been. And it's to say, I've never received one thing that's, that said Atomic Jane Clothing on it as far as the label. So it's obvious. And then because I've been working with them, um, you know, they'll tell me, well, they have to talk to that manufacturer or they may send me a message and say, what size do you think you'll need in this? Here's the size chart because this manufacturer is different than the other ones. And there were a couple times where we were trying to figure out, you know, with corsets, is it the style and the design of the corset? Um, that is changing the, the size that I need, or is it that and it's the manufacturer? So this is this is common. This is how it works. I, you know, to find a company that is a, an American company, a U.S.-based company, United States of America, and that they're actually making their own stuff in a huge amount, like in huge volume and bulk, and it's made in America, that's, it's extremely rare because almost, I wouldn't say almost everything, but so many things are not made here. Or you might get something where a part of it was made in China, like a, like a Barbie doll, something like the hair was, the hair, you know, the wig was made in China, but the Barbie doll's body was made in America. Things like that. You know, you might, the lipstick might be tested and approved by the FDA or whatever. I don't know if that even sounds right, but, um, and it's made by your company here in America and sold in America, but the packaging or the actual tube that you're using for the lipstick might actually be manufactured in China or Malaysia, just like when you order certain material or certain things with a certain material and you look at the label, you recognize the label because it's from the company. But if you look where it's made from, like a lot of silks and things like that are made in India. So, you know, it, it really just comes down to, it's like going to be extremely difficult if you want to buy only from a U.S. based seller and those things be made by their company here in America. Because like I said, even then, part of the packaging materials or whatever were made in another country. So when people are saying, oh, well, Fashion Nova doesn't even make their own stuff. Okay, we know that and it's working for them. <laughs> All you have to do is order like one or two things and it doesn't take long before you figure it out. 
Um, but size charts, I, I don't feel bad for people anymore. And I, I never will again, um, that don't read. And I think a lot of people read stuff and then they still dismiss it. They still say, no, I'm not that size. And I, that's something I can't relate to. I mean, I can understand. This is one of the times where I can say that I can't relate. But yeah, I understand. Of course I understand. Um, it's based upon emotions. And, you know, emotions is why people order stuff and end up wasting their money. You know, emotions is why people order stuff and say, well, it's not my size, but maybe if the material is stretchy, I can fit it. I'm going to order it anyway. Emotions are why people say, I have to have that outfit. If they don't have it in my size, I don't care. I'm going to take a size bigger. I'm going to take a size smaller, knowing that it's possibly not going to fit me right. But it does not matter because I really, really, really want that outfit. That's emotions. And then there are people that just absolutely refuse to admit they don't want to believe it, that they're a certain size now or that they're a certain size with that company or they're a certain size with that brand and that's just the way that it is the sizing charts are there you know people can't return stuff and say oh well it you know you didn't ha you didn't provide this it's there the information's there just like their return policy is there and honestly, if I was a big, huge company like Fashion Nova, I seriously doubt if I'm selling outfits for $7 and $9 and $10, I seriously doubt I'm going to let people return that stuff. It doesn't even make any sense. It seems like what they're doing is very smart to just, you know, you return it and you get in-store credit um, without, you know, giving people their money back. Why am I going to give you your money back? Because you ordered something the wrong size before checking or because you won't admit that. I mean, I understand it depends on the company. There are companies that no matter what, that's what they're going to do. But you're talking about such cheap outfits. It's like, is it really worth returning it? I mean, you can resell it. You know, you can sell it online. You can give it as a gift. You can take it maybe and make it into something else. You can make an exchange with someone, you know, you let me have that dress, I'll let you have this one. I mean, after you learn the first time, there shouldn't be any reason why you're continuing to order stuff that's, that's not in your size. And like I said, I don't have any pity for someone that thinks that they're a medium. And number one, they're not even a medium at all in American size. And so you shouldn't even be ordering a medium when you order stuff that is American made, you know, or from an American seller and they're showing you that it's everything is the true sizes that we expect it to be. You're not a medium anyways. So what are you doing ordering medium? And second of all, when something is coming from an overseas and a Chinese manufacturer and the size charts are there, why are you wasting your time and your money? when you know the information is right there. If you are a size medium, if you are truly a size medium in the United States, 
and you order something from China and it the size chart's going to show you the measurements. That's why I talked about this on yesterday's podcast about knowing your measurements, not just your dress size or that you're a size small, medium or large, knowing your actual measurements. Um, that's why there's no excuse because the information is right there. It's right there. Like I said, people don't read size charts. People do read them and assume that they don't, you know, those things don't pertain to them. Um, or they know that they're ordering something that's not going to fit and they're hoping that it will. Um, you're doing that. The company is not doing that. But if you are a true size medium, then you have to go up two sizes and that would be large, extra large. So yes, you are an extra large in China if you are a medium in the United States. Now, a medium in the United States, what's a medium? I can have two models that are a size medium or a size, say, um, 9, 10 dress or 7, 8 dress. They both can fit into the same dresses, but they fit them differently because one could be balanced all over where the other one is top heavy and less on the bottom or bottom heavy or, or yeah, or bottom heavy and less on the top. Um, but yet they're still both a size medium. They're still both a size nine dress say. Um, so it's, it's really going to depend on the design and the cut of things on how it's going to look on someone. But the bottom line is you go up two sizes and it shows you that on the size chart and it tells you, you know, the bust, the waist, the hips area. And, and so there's no excuse. It's just like with me, I've been ordering stuff on eBay from China from, I think years ago. I mean, like the first things I was ordering were like pinup bathing suits and I cannot fit a size large. Forget it. I'm a size, size large in the United States. A size large in China would basically be a size, like, small in, in the United States. So it's like if you're a small, you would go up not to a medium, but to a large. So because of the fact that I am a large or a size 12 in the United States, that still not does not mean those are my measurements. You should know your measurements. It's very easy to find out. But yes, I'm a size large here in the United States. So that makes me a 2X in China, period. I've ordered stuff that was a 1X and just hoped that it would fit. And a couple of things did. It depends on what it is. Is it a two-piece? Is it a one-piece? It, does it have stretchy material? Is it form-fitting? You know, there's dresses that I can fit in a smaller size sometimes if they flare out at the waist but if something is form fitting and it's going to be going down to my legs area I definitely have to get my true size because my legs are really thick and they are thicker than the portion of me that's just before my 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 thighs which is my hips I don't have the hips whereas other people do I had a friend back in the day. We were the same height, most likely around the same weight. 
um, neither one of us worked out, so we weren't like solid muscle, um, but we were thin. I would say I was probably like a size six, you know, or seven. So yeah, that's thin because I'm a size 12 now. And again, we were both the same height, but, and we both had the same um, breast size, cup size, and our waist was fairly flat. We both kind of had like six packs going on. I had like a four pack <laughs> wine coolers. Um, and, yeah, four pack of wine. But um, anyways, right after her waist, she had a complete hourglass figure. I mean, her whole figure was an hourglass figure. She had hips and then she had thighs and she had long legs. She's 5'9". So it was the same thing with me. Actually, I believe like our torso area and all that and, and our legs were probably around the same length, but I never had hips. So when we would go to somewhere or be side by side, I would, you know, we have the curve right at the beginning because we're both like, like a 36D at the time, 36D. And then, you know, everything immediately goes thin and smooth. And then I go just straight down. And the only curve that happens after my waist would be at my legs, where with her, her curve was right at her hips. I mean, she had the total hourglass figure. But the bottom line is we still fit the same size, quote unquote. And we could borrow each other's clothes, no problem. They just look completely, not completely, but they looked different on us. Now, if you were to see us in a dress that flares out at the waist, you're not going to see a tremendous difference. But anything that is going to show from the hips down, you could totally see the difference. And we were the exact same size, but obviously not the same measurements. So again, back to what I was saying, I'm not going to feel bad when people order things and they don't read the size charts. When people read the size charts, but refuse. I mean, who, who are you really trying to impress? I mean, is it that bad of a, I mean, how, what about the other clothes in your closet? Where'd they come from? <laughs> I mean, honestly, who, who knows that you're ordering a two X? I mean, who really cares? I mean, you, if you want to break it down to facts, you're not a two X in the United States. But, I mean, who cares? Rip the label off, you know? Cut the tag off. Tell no one. Take it to your grave. If it's that freaking serious. I mean, I just don't understand why people want to waste their money. Then they blame the company. What are you blaming the company for? The information was there. You didn't read it. The information was there. You, over, you, you, you override the facts because of your emotions. You know, should be the other way around. Should be overriding your emotions and dealing with the facts so you're not wasting your time and not wasting your money um, to have to return something. You know, you're spending, you're taking a loss. You're spending money on shipping. And then what if you needed that for something? What if you planned on wearing it on a certain day? Now you don't have that. That's wasting your time. Then you have to return it. I mean, if something takes two weeks or a month to get to you, it's going to take that long for it to get back and then for you to get your money back. It just doesn't make any sense to me, even if they have a return policy where you return it.
and they pay for the shipping. It's still, you didn't have the outfit when you needed it. Now you have to wait all these extra weeks to get your money back or to get a replacement. I mean, all, all I'm saying is, is, is it really worth it? You know, I, I just, what, you know, I was a different size years and years and years ago. I don't care. And I realize that that's what it comes down to, you know, and I see things that I want and I know that they don't have my size. I know it's not going to fit. And I just, I just simply don't buy those things. You know, I read size charts with every single purchase that I buy for myself or for anyone else. And, you know, I don't really give a rat's ass who knows what's a, what my real size is. I want to look good in my clothes. I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste the time of the company because of the fact that they have the information right there and I didn't read it or I read it and because of my emotions I just can't bear to order the right size. Well then waste your time, waste your money, be disappointed. <laughs> I think it's a joke to be upset with the company. I mean, it's not their fault you're the size you are. It's not their fault that you used to be a certain size two years ago, and now you've increased, like, two sizes. That's not their fault. The fact is, they have clothes that'll fit you, and all you have to do is order the right sizes. So, I honestly have no complaints with Fashion Nova. Yes, I do agree that the materials are inexpensive and probably every single thing that they have is is made in China. I don't have a problem with the labels not saying Fashion Nova, but the packaging says Fashion Nova. Um, and I love everything that I've got, knock on wood, imaginary wood. Um, I Everything has fit me perfectly. I've never paid full price for anything, even if it wasn't on sale because I've always had my discounts. And again, it's like the, when people say the more you buy, the more you save. Um, well, every time you order, you're going to end up getting a discount um, code for your future orders. So all you have to do is make that first order and you can make it on an order on something that's on sale. I mean, they literally right now have like shorts for $3 and earrings for like 2 and $3. It's kind of like in the stores, you know? When's the best time to buy Halloween decorations? Right after Halloween. When's the best time to stock up on Christmas stuff for really inexpensive Christmas decorations? Right after Christmas, right? So it's kind of like that, you know? It's not summer anymore, so their summer things are on sale. If you have to have everything current and be the most current styles, then, you know, it, these outfits are still current. It depends on where you live, if you can still wear um, shorts. It depends on the temperature. But, I mean, I've gotten literally an outfit be with the discounts and everything else that cost me like $7 or $6 for an outfit that I absolutely loved my velvet bell-bottom jumpsuit that I got from Fashion Nova. Um, definitely not something that's my personal style per se, but I loved it when I saw it and the price looked right and they had my size. 
I ordered it. It fit me like it was made for me. The material was fabulous. It was not thin. It was pretty heavy, actually. It's velvet, crushed velvet. And I love the style. I loved the quality. Um, I modeled in it for some pictures at home. Never went anywhere in it. Never wore it after I took pictures in it. Took it off, hung it up. Took me a while. Got the pictures done. And I also listed it on my eBay. Um, I think two or three people. There's a little mini bidding war going on and um, I end up getting double I think double put it this way I made my money back plus the shipping so boom mission accomplished I got new content um, I was able to utilize my styling skills and do a fabulous hairstyle using my own hair, which I really do. And there's just so many benefits in the cross-promotion and just so much that goes along with it. Um, so again, mission accomplished. And every outfit thus far, I'm selling them um, after I wear them once. And I'm making all of my money back. So there you go. I mean, I could literally buy something from Fashion Nova that's already on sale use my discount code and possibly even get free two, two day shipping take the outfit wear it to an event once which I'm only going to do or take pictures in it once and then sell it and I make all of my money back like literally if I paid $7 I make my $7 back if I pay $15 for an outfit I, I make my $15 back plus the shipping so I, you know, I don't see how it's not a win-win situation. I, I personally don't think that I could buy, um, like Gucci boots or Dolce Gabbana boots for $1,500 and then sell them and make $1,500 back or a dress from Gucci or Versace that was on sale. Okay. For 750 bucks and then wear it and turn around and make 750 bucks back. I don't think that I could do that. Um, it's, it's kind of like, you know, your targeted audience, um, demographics and, you know, who your customer base is, who your fan base is. And most of the people that I hang around and that are my fans, I would say even, um, or people that have just randomly wanted to buy stuff from me they don't have the budget to pay $700 for a dress. So I don't either. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like uh, birds of a feather flock together. So, you know, I don't see that realistically happening. But things that I buy on eBay, I've turned around and sold them on eBay. Things that I've bought from Fashion Nova, I've turned around and sold on eBay. And I make my money back. So you know, it's, it really is a win-win situation. And I've already talked about how people are, are actually making money through Fashion Nova without even being under contract with them. So there's so many benefits, um, and just having a good eye for fashion, but also knowing what is going to fit you, what is going to flatter you, what's going to flatter your body. Say something is the, it does come in your size and it is within your budget does that mean that it's really going to look right on you 
Well, that's when personal taste comes into play. But I say, don't waste your money on something because you didn't read the information that was in front of you about the return policy or about the size charts. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your money. I don't think it's poor customer service at all because something didn't fit you. I mean, for people to say that they're a size large and they ordered a large and it didn't fit, it's hard for me to believe that. But again, there are different size larges. People are proportioned different. That has nothing to do with the company. That has nothing to do with customer service. Um, it has nothing to do with customer service if you used to be a size 8 and now you're pretty much a size 12. Nothing to do at all. I talk about sizing and knowing your actual measurements. Some people, it, it's like, when's the last time you went shopping? You know, where do you go shopping? Because everybody knows, like, especially like with jeans, certain companies you may wear a size 10 in jeans. Other companies, you have to buy a size 12. It depends on the company. It depends on the designer. It depends on the materials. The material stretchy. Does it, you know, is it firm at the top and, and flares out at the waist? These are factors that have nothing to do with customer service. And for every model that has shown up to get styled and do a photo shoot, I, I don't think one person has ever known their exact measurements. And as far as dress size, so many people, again, I've said this, I think on yesterday's podcast or whenever I was talking about sizes, um, you know, you tell me that you're a size eight and you're not. I've, I mean, I'm not, I don't know how to break it to you, but I've, I've taken out clothes in a size eight. This is not going to fit you. So at some point it, it has to be like, you need to live in reality unless you plan on wasting your time and your money. And then what about other people's time and money? You're wasting their time and their money. And I can tell you right now, companies are not going to be happy sending you things, not only that don't flatter you, but do not fit you because of the fact that you are <laughs> misguiding them because you're misleading them because you refuse to, to admit what size you are. They're not going to be happy sending you a whole bunch of stuff. Why would they want to do something like that? You know, and most companies, if you're going to represent them, they are going to need your exact measurements. So again, is this something that you're willing to own up to, admit to, and move on? You know, I mean, again, I, I understand why people buy something that's knowing it's going to be too small and hoping that they're going to lose weight. I can understand that because people do it all the time. Can I relate to that? No, no, because I just don't do that. I'm not, I just, I'm not one of those people. I, I can't relate to that because I don't like wasting my money, but yes, I have bought something knowing it was that it was a size smaller and you know, fingers crossed that it was going to fit. And then it did. I was lucky, but then if it doesn't, I'm not trying to return stuff because it takes too long and it costs money. And if something was really inexpensive anyway, is it really worth the time? Um, but I have a lot of clients and therefore I'm, I'm lucky if, if you will, um, because if something doesn't fit me or if I wore something once and I just don't want to sell it, I have 
plenty of clients that'll come along. They can fit things that don't fit me or fit things that I can fit that I just wore one time and I'm, I don't want to wear it again. But yeah, knowing, knowing what size you are has nothing to do with the customer service of a business. Um, their return policies, whether you like it or not, has nothing to do with customer service because it's there. It would be poor customer service to not give out that information and to never be able to get a hold of a company. Well, the information's always been there when I've shopped on Fashion Nova and they've always gotten back to me every single time. And the only time that I ever had a problem was a mistake on my end with, with my computer. I don't know what happened. Um, somehow that information wasn't there, but I tell you what, it's there now because <laughs> I'm not trying to waste my time, my money. Um, if I'm expecting something in and I'm excited, I'm not trying to be the reason why it's not delivered, you know, or it ends up somewhere else. I'm, I'm not trying to be the reason. So, and then you have to think about Fashion Nova. People are talking about how their size is never in stock. Deal with it. This is a popular company. You know, if you're always talking to your friends about Fashion Nova, if you're always posting your pictures and tagging or crediting Fashion Nova, what do you think is going to happen? People are going to visit the site. They're going to see how cheap the clothes are and they're going to order. So of course you're going to, I just looked at, and for me, I'm kind of grateful because I would have been really broke this week um, because I went on Fashion Nova, probably at least five, four or five things on there were like absolutely adorable and they did not have my size. Did I order a different size? No. Was I extremely upset that so many people already found out about that outfit and they were the exact same size as me? No, I'm not mad. I just scrolled down and found something else. And that's really what it comes down to. So, you know, as far as the other complaint about the material being cheap, well, look what you're paying. You know, you, you get what you pay for. Bottom line, there are things that I've gotten from Fashion Nova, like that jumpsuit that was, it's just crazy that it was that inexpensive and the material was very, very good quality. So I wouldn't say everything is, you know, the material is really cheap, but again, I look at the prices of what you're paying. The prices may reflect on the material. The prices may reflect on the fact that something is trending big time and it's popular right now versus something that's absolutely adorable, brand new, the quality can be great, but it's something that was popular last year. So now it's cheaper to buy this year. You know, I don't know. <laughs> don't waste your time. Don't waste your money. Know your sizes. Don't complain about customer service when it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with you. And, you know, I actually like Fashion Nova. I'm very happy with them. So I'm going to end my podcast now. It's almost four o'clock in the morning. I'm going to pop out in the living room, say hello to my husband. He works nights, so when he's off, he keeps his regular hours, and so do I. So now it's time to start my day. God, I cannot wait for breakfast. <laughs> That's all I'm thinking about right now is that I'm starving. I'm going to be I'm going to be hungry here. That's that's what I mean about stress. Stress is just like mess with my stomach so much. I haven't even been 
my sleeping habits have been off, my eating habits have been off, off, um, let me try and get back on track, you guys, I really am, I appreciate the support so much, and I'll see you guys next time, this has been Pin Up Talk with host Diana Prince, ciao. Well, here we go again, good morning, good morning, everyone, hey, it's 4.20, 4.20 in the morning, it's Saturday of October. This is Pen Up Talk with host Diana Prince and I'm coming to you live from my bedroom with all of these fans. It's pitch dark from Las Vegas. So I want to talk about opportunities and I want to talk about creating opportunities. Before that, I, I must vent very quickly. I'm really exhausted mentally and emotionally in just the whole aspect of involving people in things that are business related and just being disappointed. You know, it's just like the more and more, <coughs> excuse me, I seem to succeed at um, the higher levels that I continue to reach and the more productions that I continue to involve myself in, it's like I feel like my inner circle is becoming smaller and smaller. And part of the reason is because I have no other choice but to be selective. You know, aside from the emotions, too much time and money is wasted by involving the wrong people in the right things there's not a single thing and if I had to come up with something it wouldn't be many things that I could think of that are negative about pinup about the pinup industry and about being a professional pinup model yet you involve the wrong people you might start doubting yourself you might start doubting your own abilities you might fall short of motivation and inspiration because of disappointment. So that's kind of where I, I'm at right now. It's like, I don't know, the more popularity, the more fans, the more followers, the more I feel alone. You know, I really do. It's just... I don't know. I'm I just it's a matter of perspective and I try to think of things from an intellectual point of view, but it comes down to just being disappointed. You know, just disappointed in people's lack of commitment, their lack of dedication. I don't understand agreeing to be involved in anything that is positive and somehow bringing a negative vibe to it. I don't understand why. Why not just don't agree to it, don't commit? I, it's just from small things to major things. I'm just really over people committing to things and either forgetting or not being prepared or deciding on their own they don't want to be a part of it after so much production has already taken place. It's just, it's starting 
to just emotionally wear me down. It really is. I just, I must focus at the tasks at hand. I must focus on my responsibilities and my commitment. And I must focus on the people that never turn a positive situation into something negative. So anyways, with that said, I really want to talk about opportunities. I have posted about this and I've blogged on it. I don't think I've covered it on my podcast. There are, there are opportunities that are out there that someone tells you about or that you come across upon research. The only way that these opportunities are for, are for you is if you're prepared. If you're qualified and you're prepared and you're ready to go. Otherwise, these are not opportunities for you and they'll definitely pass you by and there will be other people who were prepared, um, have some sense of professionalism, obligation, they're qualified and they're actually ready to go. That's kind of how I look at competition. I really don't look at everybody involved in pinup as my competition because there's so many different levels of success within pinup and everyone is just not competing against each other because everyone is not qualified everyone does not have the same skill level and everyone is not prepared to take full advantage of positive and wonderful opportunities that are available because like I said they're not prepared they're not qualified they're not ready so they really aren't competition they aren't in competition with the people who are prepared who do have the skills who are qualified so I think of the opportunities that are out there that are placed out there and posted out there and just how many people it's kind of like submitting to a magazine you know just how many people saw that same post and are applying for that same position or wanting to represent a company or wanting to work with a certain photographer for trade um, there is competition for that and once again when those opportunities are posted there are so many people who are qualified at that point, it kind of really comes down to the personal taste of whoever's making the decision. And it, it has to do with your niche. I mean, what makes you different? Do you look completely different than the majority of pinups out there? Um, do you have your own style somehow? Um, do you specialize in recreating a certain icon? Um, there has to be some sort of niche when there is a lot of competition for the same positions, especially if there's only one position available. Um, being qualified, being professional means so many things. And then at that point, it's really going to be based upon your uniqueness. What are you bringing to the table that is different and unique? And that is a lot of times how business decisions are made and, and more times than not, they're made 
based upon personal taste. You can be qualified as far as being the right height, weight, um, being professional, following up, researching, communicating, have the tools that you need um, to produce what that company needs. But you may not have the look that they're looking for. So it really comes down to that. And I say especially with publication because, you know, there's only one cover. And even magazines that have two different cover models per issue, there's still only two. This is out of hundreds or even thousands of submissions. And by the time a magazine owner and their staff looks through the submissions, takes the images and sets that are high quality and pennant perfection, meaning the whole entire image and everything in it is perfect, beautiful model, excellent styling, flattering clothing, high quality photography, excellent editing, and you submit the right way, okay? You take away all of the images that were submitted that were low quality. The model was in something unflattering. It doesn't fit the motif or style of the magazine. You take away those things and then you're still left with so many qualified people that are beautiful, that have high quality photography, that have high quality styling, beautiful, flattering clothing, a variety of poses and facial expressions. And the editing and quality of the photography is very high end. You still, there's still so many people that fit that description. So then it really comes down to personal taste. Um, it may come down to a, a set um, of images and one image really fitting the format of the cover that they need. But it really, you know, even then, there's still going to be so many people and so many sets that a magazine owner has to choose from. So it comes down to personal taste. But the bottom line is you have to still be qualified. You have to still deliver everything in high quality to even be in competition for a magazine cover. And then there's a million people who are qualified that are doing that. So what are you doing that's unique? What are you doing that is catching the eye of the magazine owner? And it really comes down to their own personal taste. And that makes sense. But there are actually opportunities that you can create on your own. I'm living proof of that. I mean, we moved to Las Vegas. There's no real pinup scene here. It's, it's kind of ironically terribly funny that... The biggest pinup, the biggest rockabilly and pinup event in the entire world is annually, once a year, here in Las Vegas. And yet, throughout the rest of the year, you know, over 360 days of the year, every year, there's no real pinup scene going on here. There are no pinup, professional pinup photographers who specialize and pinup and, and in vintage or vintage boudoir here. There just aren't. There aren't any who have their own studio, um, have a staff of stylists, have packages that include stylists and pinup or actual vintage wardrobe, um, and photographers that submit to pinup magazines on a regular basis 
or they are a staff photographer at a pennant magazine. It just doesn't exist here. So I could have said, okay, well, that's just that we need to move or that's just that I guess I won't be doing pennant. But that was never, I've never even considered either one of those things because number one, I know that professional photographers that produce high quality can produce high quality no matter what style that they're doing. And if they're professional and they have, they show professionalism, that it, it doesn't have anything to do with pinup. If they have great communication, they always deliver edits. They deliver edits in a great and a decent amount of time. The edits are high quality. Um, all of their resources, their skills, their knowledge, their connections can definitely be utilized and applied towards pinup. So it didn't discourage me to find that out. It was just interesting that, you know, once a year, all of these people, including traveling photographers who do specialize in pinup, everybody comes here for that event. And during the week or so of the official events, there's all of these pinup and vintage photo shoots going on. And all of these models are traveling from across the land and across the globe to come here for this event and the majority of them book some sort of photo shoot so we get all of these professional pinups part-time pinups professional for pinup photographers pinup magazine owners pinup designers you know people who live vintage and pinup lifestyles all that are local and all the way from across the world they all come here once a year and spend money for this event. And then it's like a ghost town when it comes to pen up the rest of the year. So it's like, I felt like I had no other choice but to create my, my own opportunities. I started my, my pen up academy and it had nothing to do with professional photographers and publication when it first began. When it first began, 90 or 100% of my clients were booking workshops. And the workshops did include styling and images. Um, either I would take them or if I happen to have a photographer that day. But the images weren't um, based upon what we need for a publication. The workshops were all about getting pampered, getting dolled up, having fun gaining knowledge and experience and pinup and basically about learning workshop pinup academy academy meaning school so when we re relocated to san diego and then we re relocated here to las vegas it was like why would i invest so much time and money in something that i love and gained experience and skills in a certain area just to completely stop doing it because I don't see the opportunities in my city and state. So, like I said, I never hesitated. I never second-guessed myself. I knew that it was something I was going to continue to do. And because of it, that is my niche. You know, that is the uniqueness that I bring because there's lots of stylists um, in this city, of course. There's lots of photographers in this city. There are stylists that can do fabulous pinup and vintage hairstyles. 
but they're not setting shoots up with professional photographers. They're not offering use of thousands of dollars in wardrobe. They're not involved in publication and getting their clients published. It's the same thing with photographers. You know, you can pay them and they may not know that much about pinup at all. They may not have any, most likely they will not have any pinup wardrobe for you. Um, they may not even really be able to pose you and coach you and guide you with pinup, even though they can produce high quality. So, so much is left up to you um, to fill in the gaps, to do the history of on pinup, to gain the skills on your own because you're not working with somebody who has that knowledge and has that skills. So it's the same thing. You know, I feel like my niche is something that is extremely unique for this city. And I have no doubt that I definitely 100% created the opportunities that have come my way each and every single one, because I decided not to sit and wait for opportunities to knock at my door. So with that said, so many times in the past four or five years that I've been in pinup, I have created things and produced things and come up with concepts and themes that I was not necessarily directly paid for at the time that I was doing them. And they definitely took work and they were something innovative for me and something new for me. And every single thing that came out of me taking the initiative and motivation and inspiration to produce certain things or to come up with these ideas and to implement them and put them into motion, there are so many positive things, including money, that have come from those opportunities. A lot of people have to have a solid opportunity that's already planned out. Um, there's money behind it and there's detailed plans before they consider getting involved. And then there are other people like me, which of course I want to be in that position and I've been in that position and I will be, but there are people like me who create opportunities on purpose instead of sitting around waiting for someone to come to me or waiting to research and find an opportunity that so many other people are also going to find out about and apply for as well. I don't need someone to say, hey, get up, um, you're gonna be paid to do this. No, I, get I don't need anyone to say that because I get up and I do anyway. And so many, again, of the ideas and concepts that I've come up with Nobody came to me and said, you should do this, you'll make money. No one came to me and said, if you do this, um, I'll pay you to do this. These were things that popped into my mind. They sounded like great ideas. I planned them. If it, if, if it was something that mainly involved me in the production, I usually get it done right away if I'm motivated. And so many positive things have come out of the opportunities that I have created for myself. I am now under contract with several, well, with a few companies, and I represent a few companies. 
I've been building my brand and the opportunities that I have taken full advantage of this year were all opportunities that I created. The companies were there. Their need for clothing models who are also social media influencers um, is there. Their budget for being able to send out wardrobe and products is there. But they weren't putting out any postings for it. And they did not find me and come to me and offer me the opportunity. So had I not, you know, that, that, that whole shoulda, woulda, coulda, you know, I don't live in that world. If something is on my mind that I want to do that is positive and, you know, I'm going to be an opportunist. I'm very much, a, you know, I'm, I'm opportunistic. Um, it's in my blood. It's what drives me are the opportunities out there that aren't necessarily posted and aren't necessarily not a knock at my door and offered to me. You know, a lot of people, again, they, they don't live that way. They cannot be motivated to do something unless they are directly being paid at that time. They're not motivated to try to create an opportunity based upon their um, talent, based upon their unique ideas, based upon their creativity and imagination. They don't feel solid enough or they just don't feel like using their time and even investing money to create opportunities that are going to bring them success and bring them money in return. And like I said, then there are a lot of people like me that does not stop me. And proof is in the pudding. I am completely living proof of creating opportunities. I mean, you might have an idea for a company that they're prepared time-wise and financially to take part in, but it's something that they haven't thought of yet. You may be bringing an opportunity to them that's going to be an opportunity that is going to benefit you both, that they were prepared and qualified and you're prepared and qualified to go ahead with. But at the same time, had you not went to them, they would have never known about you. Um, and maybe they were thinking about adding that service or hiring a clothing model who's a social media influencer, but they really didn't know where to begin. Or maybe you just kind of lit a fire, you know, under their butt, so to speak, and got the ball rolling from an idea that they already had, but they just haven't had the time to really focus and get to it. So, um, again, the opportunities. You know, I remember when I first started my closet page on Facebook, it was like, okay, I'm dealing with clothes all the time. I'm buying clothes, I'm selling clothes, people are donate, donating clothes to my pinup closet. Like every week in San Diego, I was shooting like several times a week, all month long with different photographers. And it was like, I could be talking about my clothes. I could be talking about when I shop for the clothes, when I sell the clothes, what clothes I'm wearing at photo shoots. I could do, you know, a, a talk show, a show on my closet. And that is where my original idea stemmed from. 
because it was like I'm already heavily involved with clothes and specifically with pinup and photo shoots and I was really active, actively doing shoots at the time and actively clothes were coming in and out of my wardrobe room all the time. So it was like I have the time, I have the motivation, I have the knowledge, I have the means, so let's just get this done. And it was without thought. You know, a lot of people may question, why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Because it's an opportunity. It's, it's an opportunity to showcase what I'm doing. And because of that, it creates opportunities. And that's exactly what it did. Not too long after I started my closet page, I, I, I think I went to a magazine and told them that I would love to be a writer for their magazine and have my own column named after my closet page and based upon my closet page, my pen-up closet. They agreed, they offered me money right away and I entered into a six-month contract. I had never done any professional writing previous to this, um, never had any real former ed- education as an adult in writing. And I, I still went after the opportunity. I had my niche. I had unique ideas. I had a lot of content. I had the tools that I would need, the time available, and the resources and connections as far as working with different photographers often and also working with different models. And everything has something to do with clothing and wardrobe. So. If I didn't start the page, if I didn't see any reason for doing it because I wasn't going to be paid, if I didn't have the motivation to showcase my work, um, if I would have just sat around, then that opportunity would have never came to me. Number one, the magazine um, may or may not have heard of me. Number two, they probably would not have just offered me my own column. I did not see any posts of them looking for writers and looking for columnists. And I definitely did not see any posts looking for a writer to have their own column and be paid every article that they submit. So directly, I created this opportunity. And the magazine was ready financially. And it was an idea that they wanted. I was prepared, I was qualified, and I was ready. And so it happened. My very first column, never written, you know, anything major, and I was offered pay and I was paid. So there's an opportunity that I created right there. Just like moving to Las Vegas, expecting there to be some sort of at least decent pinup scene, and there isn't any at all, and deciding that I'm not going to just sit around and wait and wait and wait that I'm going to start with, you know, hit the ground running. The very day after we first relocated here, I had, I believe, seven models, seven models come for styling and attend an event. And I believe four photographers that the next day after that, which was two days after we moved here not even settled in whatsoever. Um, I had nine models at our place, 
waiting to get styled and it took me three hours to style nine models and get us all out the door and on the strip with the photographers. So once again, I could have just moved here and said, well, let me put out a post and see if anybody's interested in pen up. No, no, I did that way before we even moved here. Once I realized we were relocating and once I realized, well, first when I just realized it was a possibility, I already did my research and I already said, okay, well, there just isn't the opportunities there. I'm going to go ahead and start this and create it. And so many people jumped on board right away because no one else was doing this. No one. So it wasn't like the opportunity was there. Like, you know, there was posts looking for a pen-up stylist. There were photographers looking for a pen-up stylist to go in with and co-host pen-up events. There weren't models saying... I really need a pen-up stylus and pen-up images, and I want to be in pen-up magazines. There just wasn't anything like that posted anywhere. So I created the opportunity, which obviously eventually brought me money. I've been able to develop skills and knowledge and experience over the past four years of being here, despite, in capital letters, despite the fact that none of these opportunities were here when I got here and right now it's still the same thing after all these years there's still no professional photographers that specialize in pinup that live here in Las Vegas that have a studio that have locations that have a styling team that have wardrobe that have knowledge on publication and the resources there just aren't after all of these years so had I not you know comma dot 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 or comma period 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 I mean where would I be honestly in my career as a pinup um in my career as a stylist and I had a pinup academy owner a business owner then there are all of the opportunities that have happened this year with me becoming a social media influencer and slash clothing model for a few different companies. None, not a single one of these business owners found me and came to me. Not a single one of them posted listing the opportunity for qualified pinups or models to be social media influencers and model for them. I didn't, I've never seen a single post by these companies and these companies did not know who I was until I approached them. And when I approached them, I was 110% prepared with knowledge from research, with skills, um, innovative ideas and talent based upon my experience and just my natural ability. And then along the way, for the past two years almost, I've been in school. So I've been focusing on fashion and fashion fundamentals and in continuing to incorporate those things into my career as a model, my career as a stylist, and my career as a columnist with her own columns. You know, everything I've learned in all my courses, there's always something that I can apply or utilize something or many things that transcend and are parallel 
to everything that I'm doing. But the opportunities are not always prevalent. They're not always visible. And they may not even be there originally. You may have to be the person that creates the opportunity. Don't doubt yourself. Don't doubt the power of creating opportunities. You know, I've been working with one company since February. They have literally sent me thousands of dollars in brand new wardrobe to model in and to promote and to provide content so they can advertise on social media. This is a company that has professional images of professional models in every garment that they sell on their website. But they want and wanted a model who is also a social media influencer. And this company specifically wanted someone involved in pinup as far as putting together pinup looks, knowing the styles and eras of pinup and vintage, and also obviously somebody who's resourceful, somebody who has the resources, the tools, the supplies, the connections, and the time to actually produce the content with everything that they've sent me. And it's just little old me, you know, they had never heard of me before because they're not in the pinup industry, even though they sell so many pinup clothes. Um, they're not involved in pinup publication, even though I've had 43 covers. Um, I think those things mattered in more ways than one, but also my social media numbers and also the fact that I was just prepared. I have my camera, my cameras, my tripod, I have my backdrops, I have my lighting, I have different locations, I have a team, a small team, small and selective team of fabulous photographers that are willing to shoot anything that I want to shoot and provide me with the images that I need so I have the content for the companies. and. They basically liked my overall look, which was a qualification, but it comes down to their personal taste. But my whole point is the opportunity was not there. It was something that they were thinking about. It's something that they hadn't even began doing yet. And obviously they had the budget and they were ready. So we went into agreement and before I knew it, it, it all began and it's continued. I mean, thousands of dollars of stuff from one company and I get to do whatever I want with the clothes. I can wear them over and over again. I can give them to someone, uh, a friend as a gift. I can allow my models to buy them from me. I can style my models in them or I can actually sell them online and boom, there's the money plus the money that is involved in our specific agreement that I have with that company. Well, then they're the, the company that I modeled for before them, the designer frames that you always see me wearing, even if I'm not modeling, I contacted that person. They were on my friends list. I saw them post about sending out orders 
which is, I think, obviously a good thing because that let me know what they were doing. I didn't, obviously didn't know what they were involved in. And I went to check, like, what orders are they talking about? Oh, my gosh, look at these sunglasses. Oh, my gosh, look at the frame. Look at the style and design. I love these. And I approached her, and before I knew it, we went into agreement, and I was sent four brand-new, fabulously stylish and fashionable designer frames. And I believe they go for about... $60, $65 each, that doesn't include shipping. And boom, just like that, you know, a couple hundred bucks worth of product sent to me, um, trusting me that based upon what they've seen and what I said that I'm offering and I can do and provide and produce, they sent me those things. Also, I do think it has to do with that person, um, their personal taste, they like my look but also when they visited my pages and my blogs and my website, they got to really see what I was about. That's why it's so important whatever you leave sitting on your pages, you know, the last things that you've posted are some of your best things and showing what you're involved in because that is what people are going to go see when they look down your pages. So then we have... Black Pearl Tress, which is the eyelash and hair extension company. I saw their sponsored ad. I live in Las Vegas. They live in Las Vegas. I look up beauty and fashion related pages all the time. So therefore, in my newsfeed, my timeline, I'm going to see sponsored ads based upon the things that I look up all the time, which is beauty and fashion related. So I saw the sponsored ad, which was probably the same thing with Atomic Jane. I saw a sponsored ad. I contacted the owner of Black Pearl Tress. She's just beginning the business. She's a sole and single owner um, operating outside of her home. She sent me mink lashes, which are fabulous, and I do not know how much they cost. I usually buy my 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 cheap lashes from China on you know via eBay and call it a day you know 12 for three dollars or something um and then she sent me two bundles of long straight human hair um that I have to sew in and when I looked up the prices it was like that's two hundred dollars right there basically the order that she sent me so this is a brand new company She got her budget together to put out sponsored ads and wanted to expand her business by having a social media influencer and having someone other than herself or the images that the manufacturers provide for the hair um, to post and promote with. And also she wanted somebody who is involved in fashion and beauty to promote, not just someone who is interested in doing it, but somebody who's directly involved in the beauty and fashion industry. So again, she was ready and financially, you know, $200 or so in products, she was able to send to me. So in exchange, I could provide the content and promote. Now we have the companies that are coming along, um, Now that the year is ending, um, I'm signed with a couple of more companies, and it's the same thing. I mean, the company that is a pinup 
clothing company. Um, I don't know how long they've been in business. It seems like they're fairly new. Um, they have like 5,000 followers on their Facebook and they sell a couple of different style dresses and different accessories, but this is by no means a humongous company, like the sort of company that the average person would assume has an advertising budget and is looking for social media influencers. I decided once again to take it upon myself and create the opportunity. So I went to them and my timing was impeccable. It was absolutely perfect because they are launching a brand new service that they're very excited about and that they've invested in and they are going to start their campaign ad very soon for this new service. This is such a fabulous service. It's so unique um, within the pinup industry. This is the only company right now currently that is doing this and that's that's hard to do you know these days so to be chosen to be their main model their main product model their main clothing model for their new campaign for their new service I, I couldn't be more excited because again they did not find me they did not post about this and when I originally went to them it was a month or two months ago or so they didn't see the message they never got back to me they finally saw it and when they contacted me to ask if the offer still stands I was still prepared and ready for that opportunity and I originally went to them with the opportunity so you know right then and there I mean and and every single contract that I'm under right now that is how it began it began with me taking the initiative and me being prepared and researching that company researching what social uh, media influencers do and obviously I already have the experience in trading as a clothing model the creativity I have the resources to get things done because being a clothing model and a social media influencer you cannot um, rely on professional shoots with photographers you don't have that much time and it's not even necessary if you have the ability and the resources to get things done on your own and it's something that is part of being qualified you have to have the time to model in the outfits and get the content and pretty much at a quick pace at a fast rate and they don't necessarily have to be the most highest quality images that you're getting from a photographer with a studio um, that takes weeks to plan and even more weeks to get the images back. Um, there really is, depending on the company, a difference in the quality of the images that you need um, that they require for advertising on social media versus what you would need to submit to a very popular top-notch uh, pennant magazine so and I'm, I'm trying to think you know of of the companies okay and then we have Dax the hair care company this one is like still sinking in I'm just still very proud because I grew up with these products as a child and this is a huge company. 
and just well-known within the African-American community um, for hair care. And they have so many different products. They have never posted looking for any models, any social media influencers. And I think that, you know, their outlook has kind of been like the company is, has been established for a decade now and so popular that they've just now, you know, really started focusing on social media because for it to be such a well-known and humongous company, um, they don't have huge social media numbers. And I think that me coming to them and bringing up the concept and the idea and creating the opportunity for us both um, kind of just, you know, enlightened them, opened their eyes, and they were more than happy because they wanted the feedback. And again, my timing just happened to be impeccable. Had it be two months earlier or two months later, who knows? But when I went to them and they finally got back to me, they said that they just launched their brand new product line of hair care products. And they would love to get organic feedback and they would love to get my feedback. And it would be a bonus if I could provide them with professional images and video and promote. And so that's exactly what I did. And they sent me full, four full jars. Um, they sent me a jar of each of the products in their new hair care line. They sent me the entire line, including a nice little bag um, with their logo on it that I just mentioned that I was probably going to end up buying. They sent that too. And they sent me some like really nice sized samples of everything, lots of them. So, again, once again, I'm living proof that opportunities may be there, but people don't know about you yet. Or there might be opportunities that aren't even there. And you're the one that creates the opportunity. And it's like you're bringing people and companies and businesses aboard your concepts and creating opportunities for you and for them just like cross promotion it's both ways it's very powerful so anyone out there that is actually waiting on opportunity to knock I suggest don't do it I would say the exception is if you're not ready if you don't plan on committing to something and being dedicated for the long haul if you aren't passionate and serious about the business that you're in but if you are and you're prepared and you're ready I say don't wait don't wait for people to find you don't wait to see castings posted um, create the opportunities you know for yourself and believe in yourself if you're creative and you work hard and you have the resources don't sit don't sit and wait create the opportunities for yourself and there's a million companies out there that provide services and or products there are a million brand new companies where you can get in on the ground floor 
It's just like with a brand new magazine and being one of their first cover models, you know, um, a designer who is brand new is about to launch their first designer collection and they're unknown. They may be on a small budget, but they choose you to represent them and to be their face. And so you get products, you get clothes, you get money, you get promotion. And in return, they get the content that they need and the promotion as well. So don't wait, create as many opportunities for yourself as you can. But again, opportunities that are out there or opportunities that you create are only gonna be for you if you are ready for them, if you are prepared for them. And there's gonna be lots of no's. There's gonna be lots of let me get back to you's. There's gonna be lots of we don't have the money to send things right now. There's gonna be lots of well and you know three or four months from now we're we're probably gonna start doing that. There's gonna be lots of that. There's gonna be lots of times where you get no responses. So, you know, if out of a hundred companies that you contact and submit to, apply to, you end up, you know, landing three major opportunities, I say you're doing good because believe me, there's more than just a hundred. You can, you can submit and apply to a hundred more and get three or four more positions um, with three or four more companies. I mean, you never know. I just know that as far as the opportunity to take advantage of opportunities, it's there. It's there all day long. There's thousands and t- thousands and tens of thousands of businesses that all need models to represent their company. There are designers, there are stylists, there are photographers that are looking for a main model. There are businesses like my Pinup Academy and my Pinup Master Course. Um, and, and, and again, stylists that need people to be involved so they can advertise and so they can promote and so they can produce. So the opportunities do not necessarily have to be posted and people don't have to come looking for you knocking on your door because there are so many other people that want those positions. There's endless competition and the competition is only real when people are equally skilled and equally matched. Otherwise, you're really not in competition with each other. And once you are involved with people who are at your level, the competition is real, but there's still so many opportunities and you can actually create your own. So I'm gonna end my show with that. Get ready to start the rest of my day online or go back to bed. Actually, I haven't decided yet. I'm pretty disappointed about my plans for today, but then again, I'm not because it's not anything new. Things that are new and suddenly change, people that switch up and suddenly change, those are the things that bother me, sudden changes, things that I was not prepared for at all. But if it's something that I halfway expected or it's a pattern of behavior that someone has shown me in business, um, then no, I'm not shocked. There's no tears. There's no nothing because it's just, it happens. It's kind of like I expected it. But when I don't expect stuff, that's when my feathers get 
get ruffled and that's when I get, you know, my panties in a bunch and I get nervous and I get anxiety and I get disappointed and unhappy and all those negative things. And that's the reason why I really need to, you know, take responsibility and be con- conscious of conscious of the decisions that I make because I'm the one with the power. I'm making these decisions. I'm not forced. I'm not even suggested to make these, you know, choices. This is these are things that I just downright do. So I gotta um, really be aware, consciously aware of the decisions I make that involve other people because when it's just me, I'm, I'm never disappointed. I'm rarely disappointed. You know, when it's someone who has always been negative or I can't rely on them or they are just difficult to work around and be around or they take away from my excitement and my happiness with pinup, which is all positive then yeah you know that's when I get I mean when I'm when I'm dealing with someone like that I'm used to it I'm so mundane I'm so just like whatever it's people that have proven to be there and then switch up that's what really bothers me so I'm going to go ahead and focus with the rest of my day I'm not happy with the change in plans but it's something that is actually out of my control but it was in my control to involve someone and based upon the pattern that I've seen ignore that and still involve them so I blame myself I'm not upset I'm just you know, I'm just unhappy, just disappointed because I can't think of a single thing that's negative about pinup. I can't think of a single thing that I'm already involved in or that I want to be involved in that isn't positive. I just can't. And it's got to be a good 90% and I'm lucky, I'm blessed, you know, that the numbers are that high of the people that I do Involve and that I have to work with and around, they're all positive. They bring positivity to production that's already positive, to an industry that's already positive. And, I mean, you just can't put a price on that because you have to surround yourself, yourself with people who are like you, period. Just like I think in business, you two people can have you know, the best intentions in the world and both bring positivity and both bring professionalism. At the moment that you don't have similar goals, things are going to go wrong. It doesn't matter how sweet you are, how beautiful you are, how hardworking, if you're always on time, if you always pay on time. If you don't have similar goals and you're working with someone on a regular basis, I guarantee you it's going to cause a problem and it really is going to come down to how passionate each of you are about your goals and why you've come together and to work together. If those things no longer apply or if you realize that the things you do have in common are not as important as the things you just don't have in common at all, then, you know, it's not beneficial anymore. It's going to cause confusion. It's going to cause delays. It's going to cause production it's going to be it's going to cause broken plans 
people bailing on things they committed to just because they can, not because they can't do it, but because they can. You know, I just so disappointed in people sometimes, really, because I don't expect anything that I don't give. I mean, really, for everything that anyone has ever done for me or for us to produce positive results, I've either done those exact same things or I've done very much to the T equal to what they're doing. I've never asked somebody to work hard and I was willing, unwilling to work hard. I've never asked someone to commit to something when I know that I'm unwilling to commit to the things that they want. I've never been working with someone on a regular basis and only considered my own goals, my own likes and dislikes. I always, capital letters, consider the goals and the needs and the wants and the likes and the dislikes of every single person that I work with on a regular basis. I mean, you'd have to purposely be not trying to get to know someone to work with them often and end up clueless and end up not knowing what's important to them. But at the same time, we all have the power. We have the dis- the power to make the decisions and birds of a feather. You know, the people that you surround yourself like are usually not going to be complete opposites of you. The people and business that you surround yourself with usually don't have opposite goals of you or don't have any goals or no goals that are similar to yours. Their worth ethic, their outlook on obligation, on showing support, dedication, commitment, those things have to be similar for positive results to be produced. And when you take away one of the factors, it's going to depend on the individual if what you have left is important enough and they value it enough if they value those things enough to override their emotions and let go of something that is extremely important to them that they're not getting by working with you or is extremely important and they really seriously dislike that is something that you habitually do it's going to be a matter of scale and balancing out whether it's worth it, whether you still have common goals, whether production is still being produced, um, whether you're producing positive results. It's going to be up to the individual. You know, sometimes people think that being on time, being prepared, and paying means everything. Or they think because they're gorgeous that that is going to override the fundamentals of a successful partnership in business. You still have to have similar goals. You always have to consider what's important to the people that you value, that you're working with on a regular basis. Unless you plan on working by yourself and working with yourself, styling yourself, photographing yourself, um, never representing companies, never attending events, never having anyone represent you, then at some point, and this is, it transcends to people's personal lives as well. If you ever plan on working with someone, being with someone, establishing any sort of worthwhile relationships, you're going to have to give equally. And you're going to have to show people 
that the things that are important to them are important to you and you have to have similar goals or else it'll fall apart, I guarantee you. So this has been Pen Up Talk. I made it to almost 60 minutes here. I'm very happy with today's episode and I will see all of you online. Hope everybody has a great, positive, productive, and even if your goal is just to relax this weekend, I hope everybody relaxes and has a great weekend. I will see you all online and I appreciate the support. This has been Pen Up Talk with host Diana Prince. Ciao.